Good morning and welcome to Sips of Sanity. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We have an excellent show prepared for you this week. We're in the month of November and we are talking about anger. Mm-hmm. So we've done this with the intention of having already had the incomparable Beverly Angel on the show. She was on Coffee with the Sarlos, our longer podcast series that you can find on any platform that you listen to podcasts on. It doesn't have to be the website. She's done a show on the nice girl syndrome. And if you haven't heard that yet, we highly recommend that you go over and listen to that because that's going to explain a lot of behaviors if you are in a nice girl pattern. And this applies to both men and women. It is the concept of needing to please. So before we have her back on the show for part two, we wanted to kind of dive in in bite-sized pieces to talk about anger, what it's meant for, why we're afraid of it, why it's actually useful, and how you can change your beliefs about it. And because anger can be such an uncomfortable topic to discuss, you can do this at your own pace with the pause button in just really palatable sections of time. Nice girls just don't think it's okay to be angry, Kelly. So some people are going to want to listen to this alone, like you're suggesting, because they're going to feel shame or they're going to think, I don't do that. They're not even really going to want to sit in the discomfort. So this may take some time and that's okay. That's why it's podcasts. Take your time and you might even want to re-listen to it over and over again. So day number one, we're just going to start with the fears so that you can start to identify why you resist your anger, why you deny your feelings of anger, why you repress them, or why you don't even identify as an angry person to begin with. And why you disassociated from those emotions. Because it can really help people understand why they feel numb, why they feel depressed, or why they have loads of anxiety. And the anxiety can come from the fact that they're trying so hard to suppress anger. Mm -hmm. And if we talk about depression as well, we can talk about sort of that flat line feeling or non-feeling where they can't really get any highs and lows. And anger can be both high and low. Kelly, isn't that mind-boggling to think that while you're suppressing anger, your body in a fight or flight mode is putting you into a full-fledged panic attack? or anxiety issue. So you really think that no, it's my my emotions are off the chart. But in actuality, you're suppressing one so badly, that it's causing that. Mm -hmm. So you're going back to anxiety and panic. Absolutely. And we're saying that people with anxiety and panic attacks, as well as the people who don't register any of those emotions who identify as depressed, may be dealing with the exact same emotion Mm -hmm. in two different manifestations. Yes. Both not dealing with anger. Yes. So why don't we? What are we afraid of? Okay. So one of the things that she identifies in the book are the societal reasons that women, we'll say women in this case. So if you're listening and you're a woman, great. But if you're a male listening to it, bear with us, please stay tuned, because we are talking to you as well. So she talks about societal reasons women have difficulty expressing their anger. And as you said, these are going to go into the fears. One of the fears right off the bat is being inappropriate, that anger is inappropriate. You're not allowed to. 
Well, and what she does in the book is elaborates that the inappropriateness that the belief is about is that anger signifies someone who is out of control Mm -hmm. and someone who is out of control is inappropriate. Yes. So any way, any action that they demonstrate, whether it's anger through tears, it's inappropriate. It's out of control. You raise your voice, it's inappropriate. You use a tone of voice with me, that's inappropriate. And I can think of so many parents that say, don't use that tone of voice with me, young lady. Right there. That parent is saying you're not allowed to express your anger. So you learn what you're saying is that from a very young age, don't get out of control with your emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then added to that is just the whole rejection that you can feel. That if you feel your anger and you express it in some way, any way, and let's face it, any way is not a good way. So the result will be that I will be rejected by these people. And this can be rejected and or abandoned. Mm-hmm. That rejection can look short term, meaning that you can't participate in something right away with those people. Or it can be long term rejection where you feel expressing your anger means that you're out of a friend group or that you're no longer really in the in-group in your family. So they're, they're going to really make you suffer. And what you want to avoid is your suffering. So the third fear kind of speaks specifically to women because we're talking about societal beliefs and how they've been shaped. And that is that it's pretty much acceptable or permissible for women to get mad on behalf of people who are more vulnerable than them. So children, we're allowed to get angry for our children and be protective and stand up and be an advocate. Or we're allowed to get angry in a hospital setting when we are standing up for our elderly parents. There are situations where people seem to understand and accept female anger if it's on behalf of someone else. It is not permissible by society for us to be angry on behalf of ourselves. Go figure. And generally speaking, the thing that's attached to that is the fear of if I get angry for myself, someone else will escalate their anger and I need to be in fear of the person who is more powerful than me. Mm, That would really ring true, Kelly, in a medical situation where you'd be afraid to stand up for your child if then you have to go right back to those very people and hope that they're going to help your child. I was actually thinking more more along the lines of assault, oh. where we're not allowed to get angry for ourselves. Yeah. Because if I show anger or aggression or a boundary, they may escalate and I may make the situation worse. So if they were only thinking about groping me, and now I'm going to escalate and show anger and resistance, they might in fact rape me. Right. So be still, be quiet, don't give them a reason to escalate things, and hopefully it'll just go away, or they will just go away. Yeah. No wonder there's confusion around anger when you give that as one of the examples, Kelly. Mm -hmm. I, I really, I sit here listening to you and feel paralyzed just listening to it. Right. And that's what you end up being as a victim. And oftentimes women are victimized. Mm -hmm. And then if you already have this type of experience when you're a child, for example, or early enough in life, the damage that's going to do then every single time that trigger hits, 
Mm -hmm. And if the story that you end up being able to tell is I survived because I froze or I survived because I stayed quiet and it just did go away, you learn that on some level it works and you never actually gain power. You never actually gain tools to say it's okay to cause a scene. Mm -hmm. It's okay to draw attention. Maybe someone Mm -hmm. will come to my aid. Mm -hmm. I have to problem solve all on my own. And hope that it just dissipates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if I react, I'm seen as too emotional. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of interest around what too emotional looks like. And that it can be okay if a man is too emotional. That in sports, for example, that's okay to be too emotional. And quite often, any type of way that men are too emotional is okay. Even if it is negative. Uh-huh. We tend to think, oh, that's guys. Oh, that's men. Oh, that's goofing off. Oh, oh that's it's passion. This. Yeah. But if a woman does it, we kind of look at her like, oh, what are you doing? What cycle is she in? What part of the cycle is she in? Yeah. That's How a good way to word that. she's not stable? Yeah. We're questioned in very different ways. Well, especially when women or men will say, and I remember this when I was younger. I don't know if this is still an expression, Kelly. I remember being asked, are you on the reg? If I expressed any kind of emotion someone didn't like, that was one of the expressions way back, you know, several decades ago, meaning Mm -hmm. the reg referring to as your cycle, meaning that if you had emotion, it must be because you're having your period, you're having your menstruation, that must be the explanation for this silliness that you're doing. I'm not going to take you seriously. That's what that meant. So those are all examples of why we are afraid. To even go near or think or identify with being angry. And I, w- I hope people listened to that and heard that it's not just because men can shame us because of our emotions, but that women shame each other too. Mm-hmm. So we're just laying a foundation right now for something you can identify with. And you may not think I'm an angry person after this podcast. You may not think I have anger or I experience it. But at least you can start to just think about the reasons why we resist the idea of it so much. I want people to think about it too, that if they do express their own anger, do you suppress someone else's? Yeah, and hopefully that's what number two and three are going to do for you. Good. So stay with us. We will be back tomorrow morning with episode two on anger. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Enjoy your Monday.